0: star wars 7x7 episode 1395 today the last of the deleted scenes countdown episodes we are talking about the number one and the number two most important scenes in the last jedi deleted scenes based on their importance to the story of the last jedi itself punch it chewy hey this is matt moore from comics with kenobi and you're listening to star wars 7x7 the only daily star wars podcast I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. I'm coming at you from the shores of Lake Winnipesaukee in central New Hampshire. We're outdoors today for the episode and we're talking about the first and second most important scenes in The Last Jedi deleted scenes based on their importance to the story, we're going to start with number two, and that is the Captain Phasma squeals like a whoop hog scene, and this is an alternate version of the final showdown between Finn and Captain Phasma, where instead of just a brief thing where Phasma is laying there with the one eye, you can see that, you know, the big hole cut in her helmet by Finn whomping on her with the Z6 baton, instead of a very brief scene where they just have a short exchange, and then she falls into a fiery pit of god knows what, What happens is, she has a longer exchange with him, four stormtroopers come climbing up onto the platform that they're on, and Finn says, hey, yeah, when your neck was on the line, you squealed like a whoop hog, and talks about how the Starkiller base situation went down, and that she lowered the shields, and maybe the evidence went up with the station, but... We know what really happened, and the stormtroopers are listening to this going, huh and they're starting to lower their weapons a little bit, and Phasma's looking around like, okay, I gotta handle this. And as we know from other Star Wars stories, particularly the Captain Phasma, uh, oh, that was a, not a one-shot, I think that was a four-issue limited series, she made sure that she covered her tracks on the whole lowering the shields at Starkiller Base, so that way nobody would know. She can't let anybody know about this whatsoever. So she actually kills all four stormtroopers troopers that are on that platform with her. So just wipes them out entirely. And then she and Finn get into a bigger fracas than they had previously. She gets her spear out again. And the awesome thing about this scene, unfortunately, the fact that it didn't get into the final picture is unfortunate to say the least. But one of the things that has differentiated the sequel movies so far is that there have been no dismemberments there have been no arms hands legs cut off or anything like that but finn cuts off captain phasma's hand with his riot baton i mean i didn't know the riot batons could do that but i guess if they can block a lightsaber then they probably have some serious punch to them so yeah she cut or he cuts off her hand as part of that exchange and then just as he's like knocked down and you think oh no he's gonna get stabbed run through by her with her spear. He finds a mega blaster just laying there and lifts it up and he blam! And shoots her. And the way she goes flying, you don't necessarily see where she ends up or, you know, how far she falls or anything like that. But Right now, it's a big question as to whether she somehow survived the events on the Supremacy and if she's going to be in Episode 9. We have no idea for sure. And I think the alternate version gives you a better hope for the possibility that she could be back in Episode 9. I think the way that she actually died in the movie itself or the way she you know fell into that fiery abyss really kind of speaks against the possibility of her returning for Episode 9. But... I think we all kind of suspect she's going to anyway, and I think the alternate version that never made it into the movie makes it seem more likely that she would have survived it. So there's less of a suspension of disbelief, if you will. And the reason why that scene ended up the way that it ended up in the film, according to Ryan Johnson in his commentary on the deleted scenes, is... That it was a pacing thing. It was ultimately something that was done in pickups. So that scene, the one that actually ended up in the movie, was done during their pickup shooting. And again, pacing. In fact, most of the cuts that Ryan Johnson made and the things that we're seeing in the deleted scenes have to do with pacing. And pacing played a role in the <laughs> final, number one, the ultimate, most important scene that was cut out of The Last Jedi. The most important scene for the whole story. And that is, of course, the caretaker village story, the third lesson that we never got to hear from Luke Skywalker. Now, if you own a copy of The Last Jedi, whether it's on DVD or Blu-ray or just regular digital home video release or whatever, and you have not watched the deleted scenes, this is number seven in the deleted scene sequence, and you have to watch it. I think this is an absolute must-watch out of any of them. I mean, 20 minutes for the whole reel, you know? I mean, you can watch the whole thing. It's no big deal. But, Really, that seven, that seventh scene, and it goes on for a few minutes. Actually, it's still probably one of the longest of the deleted scenes. That one, I think, is essential viewing. And the gist of it is, is that that scene where Luke and uh, and Ray are talking, and he's giving the second lesson about how the Jedi and their hubris let the Sith rise to power and let the Empire get created and whatnot. And she says, you know, you didn't fail Kylo, Ren, he failed. You and I won't. The scene is supposed to end there in the movie, but there's something else that happens. That is when we get the whole thing with the raiders coming from another village on a neighboring island, and they will plunder the caretaker's stuff, and she wants to go help, but he says, hey, you know, you're not going to be here next month, and if you just go, you know, kick their butts, then they're going to come back in greater numbers and with more force next time, and will you be here to stop it? And he's trying to teach her the idea of letting it happen, which seems really odd. I mean, that's what he talks about. He said, you know, a real Jedi would just let this happen. And he also says that a real Jedi wouldn't act unless there was balance happening within that Jedi himself or herself. And, eh, you know, I... I this one, as much as I feel like it's essential viewing, I also don't necessarily understand what Luke is going for in this, because after she runs down there and realizes that Luke has been playing her all along, and he's like, you know, oh, I was trying to tell you, I was just, you know, but you ran so fast, you know, that whole business. No, I don't think Luke has that kind of thing in mind. I think that's him trying to cover up making a mistake that he knows he's made, and I don't know if this is really the lesson that he wanted to teach her, unfortunately. She comes back at him with, you know, this legend of Luke Skywalker that you hate so much. I believed in it. And I was a fool. I was mistaken. I never should have believed in it. And she takes off and Luke is left thinking, oh, yeah, I kind of screwed that up. Like, you can see it in his face. Mark Hamill's acting in this is terrific. But, yeah, the whole, like, ah, but you ran so fast. Like, yeah, wasn't quite buying that aspect of it. So I feel like that's a good cut in that sense, or that I wish the scene had been reworked a little bit, because I would still love to have seen it in the movie, I mean, maybe that's just sort of the OCD-ish, like, you know, he said there were three lessons, like, I wanted three lessons in the movie, but... Obviously didn't happen. And speaking of her running so fast, we get an example of force running, which is pretty awesome. We actually saw a number of shots of her running in trailers and behind the scenes stuff, and it's this scene where she's actually running over all these little—it's not islands, like it's just basically lowlands in the island at the you know base of the island where the water has come in, and so she's going. running across it. And, you know, a terrific example of force running that we haven't seen since Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan running around (laughs) the uh, Droid uh, Trade Federation ship back in the Phantom Menace. So, eh, always good to see some force running happening. And I must say, I'm not entirely sure what that third lesson was that Luke was trying to teach her. Is it a non-interference lesson? Is it an only act in balance lesson? Something along those lines. And... also just not making things worse, essentially, like thinking through all the consequences of your actions. But the whole thing was to suggest that his lessons were, you know, why the Jedi should not exist anymore. And so I guess he's trying to suggest that as a Jedi intervening in some of these conflicts is actually creating even worse situations. And so the Jedi policy is supposed to be a non-interventionist one, which you know certainly that wasn't the case with the galactic republic i mean all the jedi there were the you know galactic peacekeepers and so it seems a little strange that that's the conclusion that luke arrived at and ray reminds him you know while you're giving me these lessons real people are really dying out in the galaxy her real friends his real friends and he seems to have Because perhaps the way he locked himself off from the Force, he has disconnected himself from the bigger picture. You know, he's been dealing with his guilt around this one situation with Kylo Ren, and he's lost sight of the larger picture and of his place in it. All right, that's going to do it for our countdown of the last Jedi deleted scenes. I've got Last Jedi trivia for you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7 by 7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. Alright, so last time I asked you who took over the role of R2-D2 from Kenny Baker, the late lamented Kenny Baker for The Last Jedi, and that is Jimmy V, V V-E-E is how you spell that, Jimmy V. Today's question for you, we also unfortunately had to deal with Peter Mayhew stepping away from the costume. He was a consultant on The Last Jedi for the performance of Chewbacca, but who is the actor who was actually in the Chewbacca suit for The Last Jedi? That's your trivia question today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com sw7x7. It's not a test, it's destiny unleashed.